0: Whether it's for work or play, we rely on home internet so much these days. Being connected and staying connected has never been more important. So if you want reliable internet, bought you at speed, switch to Aussie Broadband. It only takes a few minutes to sign up and their 100% Australian-based support team are ready to help. Aussie Broadband, the actual Aussie way. Find out more at aussiebroadband.com.au. T's and C's apply. Welcome back to another episode of the Dylan Friends Podcast. This week, I'm joined by one of my very good friends in GWS superstar, Toby Green. While footy the offseason and plenty more is on the agenda, more importantly, we shed some light on a topic that's very close to Toby and my heart. Toby and his family were unfortunately struck a devastating blow losing his cousin last year in 2019 to mental health. From this, he wanted to start a Movember team and call it Moes for Finley. And we want to get as many of you involved as possible so we can raise as much awareness and funds for a much needed cause. This is obviously a very vulnerable chat and there are some sensitive topics we touched on regarding mental health. So if there is any triggers for you, please know there is support and there will be plenty of links to access below. If you enjoy the episode, it would be absolutely incredible if you would consider donating to our fundraiser, which will be in the show notes. No amount is too small cannot thank toby enough for coming on the show and sharing his story as i can only imagine how tough this would be to talk about but he's doing this so hopefully other families don't have to go through the same thing let's go welcome to the dylan friends podcast my name is deborah dylan's mum. strap yourselves in for some light-hearted and wholesome fun and don't forget to subscribe and leave a review Toby Green, it's an honour, it's a pleasure, it's a good time to catch up, my friend, and welcome back to the Dylan Friends podcast. It's been a, it's been a minute.
1: Yeah, it has been a while, mate. A um, few years, hasn't it? So yeah, you've really taken off since then, and it's great to see.
0: Thank you, Vane. I, I really appreciate that, and and what you feel of of myself, I, I feel the same um, to you, my friend. Episode two, you were my second guest on the show. I remember doing that back when we honestly had no idea what we we're doing in the studio at the Giants. Um, but gee whiz, mate! It's did you ever think that you know we'd be here now, sitting at episode sixty eight, um, back on the show?
1: I could see your vision, mate, and I, I, <laughs> I was all for it. And um, I was a bit flat I wasn't number one, but that's all right. Um, yeah. No, nah, it's uh, now nah, you've got you've come along in leaps and bounds, and it's great to see, mate.
0: I appreciate that, mate. And as I said, I would have got you on first, but Josh Kelly um first the worst second the best as they say that that that's sort of stands the last of time so i appreciate that now mate uh obviously a big year for yourself we've got plenty on the agenda today to talk about um i can't be happier to have you on the show obviously would love to do this in person but you're in sunny Sydney at the moment living the life up there um have you obviously known firstly melbourne we've had covid-19 down here for a while have you did you take note of that at all
1: um i heard about it yeah um <laughs> I, I called a fair few friends over the last few months in Melbourne and everyone was, uh, wasn't was in the best headspace, so I, I started to notice there must be something going on down there and mm. it turns out, yeah, you're in lockdown for a hundred odd days and I really felt for you guys by the end because um, that is something that I would certainly struggle with.
0: Mate, it was tough, but it's good. Uh, we're seeing the back end now and I'm sure everyone's very happy about that. Um, we've got plenty to do this weekend, which will, be, which will be good fun. I'm actually a little bit nervous, to be honest, of how I'm pulling up. But, um, <laughs> what have you booked? We booked a place in, in North Fitzroy on Saturday called Monty's Pub, um, which will be good with a few of the boys. So it'll be nice to get down there and have a couple of cold beers. I'll probably cap it at maybe two or three and then just head home. I might be able to just, yeah, to drive home, enough to drive. So yeah, it would be nice, mate. And then I'll probably come home and do
1: some knitting or something like that. It'll be good. Yeah. No, no. Well, yeah, you will have a, certainly a lot of excitement flowing through the air. So good luck <laughs> with the three. Thank you.
0: Um, mate, You uh, this time of year is normally where you come into Toby Green mode. And it's not not in terms of partying and whatnot, just in terms of you, you love travelling. You Normally, as soon as the season finishes, you're off. You're jetting, you're a jet setter. You, you're what they call a travel bug. You're what they call someone who has been stung by the travel bug. <laughs> and you love exploring the world and meeting new people and seeing new places. Um, talk us through maybe some of your trips that you've done in the past of late, and talk me through what your plans would have been for this off season if things were to be as normal.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're right. I have got the travel bug. It's um, it's it's something I I'm really proud of as well. It's something I'm glad I've got. Um, I've I was actually speaking about this uh, a couple of weeks ago that uh, well, obviously we can't travel overseas at the moment, but I'm glad I left nothing in the tank last off season. I um did a four week trip to Europe and then two weeks in america just to cap it off so um there was no stone left unturned last last off season and uh it was probably a result of going yeah deep in the finals and ready just to go away and I was a bit flat obviously really flat we didn't make finals this year so you sit here in sydney and um have to watch them and it's not something i enjoyed um but yeah i, I guess oh, last year was probably the one of the best trips i've ever done going to europe sort of did a little soccer trip with um Stephen Caniglio and Jagero Mira, and we did some amazing things. Went to some amazing games. Um, European European cultures suits you actually. I know you had a good time in Paris and mm. and the likes. And um, something I'll, I'll certainly go back, and I probably would have gone back this year with my girlfriend Georgia, but that didn't eventuate. But uh, yeah, as soon as we can go back overseas, I'll be straight out of here.
0: Break Break me down that trip, mate, because I know you've you've. Uh... Talked about it there, but I know it was a lot more special in person <laughs> because I've seen um, some things and I've I've heard some stories. But basically, it was it was a trip of a lifetime, really. You you know you were in Como in Italy on some super yacht. You went to another one of the soccer games over there and met Mbappe and a few other guys. Um, how were you getting these connections? Was this Stephen Cornelio? Was it yourself? Was it Jaeger? How did you do the things that you were doing? Because it looked looked pretty special. Uh,
1: yeah, well, oh, well, the soccer game was. Well, the first one we started with was Cog's. Um, that was a Juve versus Inter Milan, a uh, top of the table clash. There, um, I think Cogs sort of mentioned that we we actually come across a bit of trouble that night. Um, being Juve supporters, we and at uh, San Siro in Italy, uh, we weren't we weren't well liked wearing Juve flags. And when they ended up winning a la- with a late winner, um, yeah, Cog's might have been playing the the team song in the cab, and we sort of got ambushed there by a couple of um, ultra you are uh, into supporters so that was certainly a football experience a cultural experience and um, something we'll laugh about for a while I think um, and then the PSG stuff we went to the PSG training and got shown around there and got to meet all the players that was probably one of the best things I've ever done being a bit of a soccer nuffy and I've been I've been an Mbappe fan for a long time and um, to meet him and uh, get a photo and talk to him for a bit was uh was yeah, I was like a kid in a candy store really. Um meeting all those guys, they're just on another level and uh, I obviously love my soccer and um, yeah, it was an amazing experience going in and seeing how they do.
0: Yeah, for sure, mate. Looked um unbelievable. Just on that with the um the soccer rivalries, I just remembered a, a story that that I remember when I was travelling in, in South America, win Argentina, and it just shows like how psychopathic these like football fans are, but the La Boca Juniors um, have a rivalry. So basically, there's like Argentina. You've been to Argentina, haven't you?
1: Yeah, I've been to a Boca game. Like, did you go to Did you go to Boca Juniors versus River Plate?
0: Versus River? Um, no, not- we we weren't allowed to go. Is what they yeah. were saying. Like the guy. So basically, Argentina's um, split into no- North and South. Or yeah, yeah it's, that makes sense. North and South, and. Um, you know how there's the rivalry. So the South, I think, is the poor and the rich uh, is the North. And basically River is the North and Labocca Juniors is the South. And these teams, they're you know, it's, it's pretty much like Geelong versus Melbourne, but not even. They're, like, closer. It's like, you know, like, I don't even know. I can't compare it. It's, it's in the same city. Obviously, um, obviously you know this. I'm just explaining for listeners. So there's context. That's what you do in a podcast. I set context. Yeah. That's why I'm good at what I do. You know, yeah, I, you I are, let, you let people in. And <laughs> this game, you can probably say it more because you did. You go to it?
1: I didn't go to a river versus Bocker. No, I went to a Bocker game. But um, yeah, I think it's one of the harder things to do is get tickets to that game, and and it's uh, yeah. and you got to be real careful when you do go.
0: Yeah, well, that's what the guy. We were staying in a hostel, and and basically there was this big game going on, and. The hostel was actually going, like, look, guys, no matter what you do, just, like, don't go to this game. You know, it's really pretty full on because of, obviously, the rivalry. Um, we we're still pretty keen on going, and then um, Wiser Heads prevailed, and we didn't. But we actually went down and rode our bikes around um, La Boca. And even then, like, no joke, I've never been so scared in my life. Like, it was just it was just the craziest, like, place. And I, I remember just sticking it out like a sore thumb, obviously, three Australian blokes just riding around on bikes, Um it was yeah, it was something. I forget. Yeah, on my fixie. It was actually one of those little <laughs> paid electric bikes. Um, so that just screams tourist. Screams, please rob me. Um, yeah. so yeah, it was it was a scary
1: time. now it's a good place, Buenos uh, Aires. You would you would have loved it.
0: I did, I did. It was it was a good time. But um, if you want to ask me about where I'd travel, because I know you're super keen on asking me where I'd go in the soft season.
1: <laughs> yeah, what's your what's your one, two, three, mate?
0: Okay, thanks for asking. I would be going to the states. Because I feel like I've done Europe pretty well now. Like I did that with my, my fiance. she's European, um, to, you know, the France and, and whatnot. <laughs> I was actually meant to be, I was meant to be going to um, Europe this year when I was I was going to have the year off footy. I was meant to be going to Europe for about three weeks. Oh, sorry, six weeks. We're doing a whole tour around Hungary because my fiance is Hungarian. We're going to doing that. So that's disappointing we didn't get to do it. But if I had to go now, I'd be going to the States. I want to do Texas um, and that southern sort of part of um, US, I think, and and be able to do that. I know you've had the chance to do that one. What would I be experiencing over there?
1: Yeah, I've got a good friend who lives in Texas actually, and I um I hadn't spoke to him in, for about six years, and I'm it was after the uh Tex uh Austin City Limits festival. I had a big three days, and I just oh I was with five boys. I said, get me, out. I just need to get out of here. So I <laughs> called my good friend Josh, who I hadn't spoke to since he moved back six years ago. I said, mate, uh, I, I just need to chop out here, and um, ended up staying at his house for a couple of nights. He's got the nicest family in the world, real Texas family. They got the whole guns barbecue going, and um, it was. A, I ended up staying here a couple of days, and it, I, I've, I'm forever in debt because it was some of the, some of the cooler things I've ever done, and just got to live that Texas lifestyle, which that which they talk about. Who was the Australian bloke or an American guy? I went to school with him in high school, and hadn't seen him since. I left high school, which was seven years earlier. That was, well, that's but that's the friends. beauty
0: of traveling, my friend. And I suppose you are, like I said, you are the definition of, of a travel bug. Uh, you've been stung and ouch, when it hits, it hits. And a lot of people are. But one <laughs> thing I do want to bring up about travel bugs is, and again, giving this guy some airtime, um, a mutual friend of ours, Jake McBean. So, yeah. Jake... Jake's the sort of guy where there's, there's real people like us that like to go and travel and 90% of the world that love to go and travel and you know they take it, they they go there and they see what it is and they love it but they don't try and pretend that they were that place whereas there is some people like Jake that go on Kentucky tours for three weeks and instead of saying that they went on a Kentucky tour they say that they lived in Europe for three weeks. So like when he refers to his time in Europe, he used to say like, yeah, I lived, you know, when I was living in Europe, I was like, mate, you were living there for three weeks. That doesn't count.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's got a bit of that, doesn't he? Um, yeah, and it's it's actually hard to get him out of his house. So I don't know how he got overseas.
0: <laughs> That's very true. Um, mate, big lifestyle changes for yourself this off season. Um, obviously, you love your life. Um, Georgia, the, the beautiful Georgia's moved up to Sydney, which is fantastic. It's good for you. It's good for her and... More importantly, it's probably good for you to keep yourself out of trouble, but we love that, um, which has then come to the fact that you've had to kick Tommy Sheridan out of the house. Um, how did how did that come about? Because he sort of thinks that the reason he's getting kicked out and didn't get another contract was because Georgia was coming up to Sydney and you've just put the foot down.
1: Yeah, she actually called Jason McCartney and said, um, <laughs> can, you, can you get rid of this bloke? So Tommy got wind of that and said, I'll retire, I think. Um but no, he's uh he was a great housemate for a couple of years, and um he uh he spent the last month up in Gold Coast, so he's he's just coming good now, I think. So um we'll uh yeah we'll we'll uh have a good send off in the next couple of um, when he heads back to Melbourne in December, and well, he's coming to live with you, isn't he?
0: Ah uh, no no it's uh, no no he's tough. definitely not <laughs> this is definitely not definitely not.
1: So, uh, I'll be uh, I be good for you it'll teach you a bit of patience.
0: No no I I think um in the same states close enough for train mate talking of the exodus of the giants that you know tommy probably retired a little bit too early i think um that with the amount of blokes that have have you know requested some movement there he might have
1: been chance to to hold on for a few more yeah definitely um well i, ha- I certainly hasn't been ideal and um lost a couple of good friends and uh, probably one of my best mates in jezza and uh, that was yeah really shattering and um yeah sad to see because because I was, I, I was always confident that he'd stay, and I was probably hoping, hoping considerable amount that he would stay. But um, he gave me a call and explained it when, when it did happen, and um, I'm grateful for that. And I can understand his reasoning, and I'll be, I'll be a close mate of his for the rest of my life. But um, unfortunately, I won't be kicking to him next year, which, uh, which is disappointing. But someone else will step up.
0: Yeah, it is, man. I know how close you and Jez were from the start. You obviously to lived together. And um, everyone that doesn't know Jez is genuinely one of the most generous blokes and loyal, um, down to earth blokes you'll ever meet. How I know you've just said how hard it was then, but you said you didn't expect it. Um, how hard is it to see blokes sort of starting to let like a few guys leaving now? Obviously, um, there's been a few in the past that have that have left, but it sort of seems like in this last little period, like there's been a few more as well. Aiden, um, Cor is obviously another really close mate of yours. Um, has, has left too what's what's the feelings around that
1: oh i guess yeah, everyone sort of you know when, when they all get announced you know there's certainly a, a sense of everyone's a bit flat and disappointed you know especially the guys that are close to these guys and um you know you probably got a lot of people saying oh the giants are in a bit of trouble now they've lost this 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 um so it's um it is what it is though it's it's really disappointing but you know you can't dwell on it for too long and um you would be friends with these guys so you, you move on and Um, it gives opportunities to a lot of younger guys coming through um yeah it's it's certainly not ideal i'm not going to shy away from the fact that we would love a couple of those guys to stay but um, it's it's happened now and uh we move on and um we just hope hopefully geelong give us something good for jazz that'd be handy
0: speaking of i suppose you've been in in sydney and i already know the answer to this but it's it's worth asking why have you never come home like why? Why has that factor never been really big for you to get back to Melbourne?
1: Oh, the weather, for one. It's um, <laughs> it's uh. Now yes. I, I I guess it takes a couple of years to learn to. Well, it took me. It took a while to love Sydney, and um, I've been. Oh, yeah, I, I guess the guys that I grew up around, like from eighteen to twenty-two, you know, we're all the same age, and it was so much fun, and didn't really miss home too much, and uh, the more I got to live in Sydney, the longer I. The longer i was here the more people i met outside of footy that i just yeah began to love the place and love the beaches love the weather um probably don't probably don't love the um melbourne sort of bubble when and I, i know i would have got caught up in that a couple of times um and i've seen it firsthand and i hear a lot from guys who leave and go yeah it's it's certainly not as good playing footy down here as what it is up in sydney um i think you can attest to that so um it's just it's just never been a factor, and you know I can see the vision. And I'm I'm super determined to to get to where we want to get to as a footy club. So that's probably the main reason.
0: Yeah, love it, and I, I couldn't agree more. I think even though a lot of guys have left the club, I think it 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 nearly just takes us so much pressure off now because everyone's is, is riding it off. Whereas there's going to be so much work, and you and I both know how much how much talent that's that's in that team already, and there's already guys ready to step up. Um, last question on this. You Jez Cameron gets say Jez Cameron gets to Geelong, okay? You're lining up against him round one next year. <laughs> what would you love to do to him?
1: Um, I don't know. because
0: prior to this as well, let me just say every Mad Monday or every <laughs> time we're having a few beers, there's considerable amount of you two just wrestle each other, and it's it's. It's honestly like, you know, when your mates wrestle and you're like, oh, this is funny, like me and Tommy wrestle, it's like two weak blokes just wrestling, everyone's laughing. But when you two wrestle, it's actually like a bit scary. Like everyone's sort of scared of what's going to happen because it, someone could actually
1: like break their arm. Yeah. No, that has been a feature of Mad Monday for a long time. <laughs> um, so that's disappointing that the main event's now uh, been shifted. Um, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll probably have a few things I'd like to say to him as he's having a set shot. Um but um, it's not too much. He's a pretty big boy. He's pretty tough. So it's not too much you could say that it would scare him or anything you could do. Um, but um, I'll certainly yeah, I guess I'll certainly miss playing against with him. And um, I'll, I'll love playing against him because I know how, how much of a competitor he is. And um, yeah, I guess looking forward to that one.
0: Yeah, it'd be good. It'd be good. Um, mate, talk us through this, okay? I've there's if you haven't noticed. Um, and I'm not sure if you have, because I know you don't. You really don't care about this sort of stuff. But I'm just going to fill you in. There's a, you cause a little bit of drama every now and then. Um, you're quite a polarizing person. Um, sorry, I won't say person. You're a polarizing player because the one thing you're not is a polarizing person. And I think there's a there's a very distinct um, feature of yours. And I suppose I as lucky enough to be a very good friend of, of mine, and and we're we're very close mates. It's it's amazing to see. What people think you're like versus what you actually are like. So I've split it into two people. There's Toby Green and <laughs> then there's Tony Green. Okay. So Tony, Tony Green is my mate. Tony Green, that's, that's who I like to call you, Tony, because you're, people think you're this big, tough, up and puff person. But realistically, Tony Green is a tea drinking, paper reading, uh, very good friend that doesn't really talk a lot.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah you just pretty, have summed
0: that up pretty well.
1: Yeah. You're pretty spot on. Yeah.
0: Why Why do you think you are so polarising? Why do you think people have such an opinion on you, of you um, in, in the media? And I know it doesn't matter because these people don't know who you are, but why do you think that is?
1: Oh, it's pretty clear. Um, certainly do some things on the field that most players don't do. Um, probably overstepped the line a fair few times in my career and um, people don't like that. Um, but, you know, it's probably something I've been doing since I was six or seven years old. So it's sort of ingrained in me and um and i've got better at it um certainly don't want to get be getting suspended for any more finals or anything like that so um it's something i always have to keep in mind and work on but um i, I think that's the main reason why i'm polarizing yeah
0: mm, okay that's good so you can acknowledge like kicking people in the face and that sort of, thing, <laughs> that, that sort of can cause a stirs so that's good i, I, I do. Didn't, uh,
1: yeah I, yeah no nah, you're right so I can understand. <laughs>
0: okay. Yeah, you can understand. If you had to explain, then I suppose giving an insight into yourself now, um, you're obviously quite, you know, a very intelligent man. You study a lot. There's a lot of times where I'd want to go out to the beach, you'd be like, "No, I'm studying." You've you've got, you know, you're very committed to your work placements and and whatnot. What what's your off field like at the moment? I suppose and how's that probably developed over over the years?
1: Yeah, no, it's um. Oh, trying to stay as busy as poss- possible at the moment obviously being in Sydney I'll probably be here till Christmas time so yeah just trying to stay busy with his studies and then Matty DeBoer's I'm, the, I'm sort of his little apprentice at the moment he's got a couple mm. of things in the works with um venture capital and those sort of things athletic ventures that he's that he started and um, I've been learning as much as I can off him and it's been been an amazing couple of months since that I uh, Has has kicked off and uh, I've learned so much in such a quick period of time. So it's something I'll continue to develop. I think.
0: Break that down quickly for me, because for the average man, I don't know what venture capitalist is, and I only know it is because you've explained it to me. But for a person that doesn't, which I think would be ninety percent of people, what what are you two actually about at the moment? What's what's happening? So you're you're sort of investing in businesses together.
1: Yeah, little startup businesses. uh, It's sort of he he's he initiated and he's got a lot of guys involved from around from around Australian sport um, guys like Mitch stark Maddie Dale of Adover um, few cricketers few soccer players um, yeah a couple of the netball girls and um, some really cool people involved who are sort of like-minded and interested in that space and um, Maddie's sort of been with a lot of our uh, friends in who are a lot smarter than us have been screening a lot of companies and businesses and um, and we pick the best ones that we think that might have potential in sometimes put money in. and There's only been a couple so far, but I reckon he's probably listened to 500 on and it's been an amazing um, deal us since we rolled it out.
0: Yeah, Matt DeBoer, um, I've said it once, I've said it again, but he is an impressive unit. I'm. His football career is just the start of something for him. Um, I don't know what goes through that bloke's head, but he he's just does not switch off. It's, it's impressive to be around, so you're in good hands um, with him and I know you're adding a lot there. Um, mate, quickly want to tell you, I want to ask you, and then I want to tell you a story. Um, 2019, that final series, and I just want to go back. I know it's shit to talk about. Obviously, we lost the grand final. When I say we, I had no play in it whatsoever. It was mainly the team. You were there, mate. Um, I was there. Yeah, I was at the game. I did the grand final sprint, and that was actually quite fun, and a few media appearances. Now, we, through that time, it was obviously, I can't even remember what happened, to be honest, but you have been suspended twice through that time. You had to go to do... You know, the fly to Melbourne, do all these appearances, two-hour, um, tribunal setting, and then ended up getting suspended and stuff. What was how big was that time? Because like I can re- imagine, remember that and how big it was. And we were in Sydney at the time. I can't imagine how crazy that was in Melbourne. You know, how hard it was for yourself as well, potentially missing out on a prelim which you ended up missing out on, um, but still winning and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera.
1: Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it was a crazy time. Um obviously didn't, didn't think it would play, play out like that. Um, yeah, the first one, I was pretty confident I'd get off um, the pally stuff, and I think oh, I was taking the piss a bit. I wore that T-shirt down to the um, driving all appearance, and um, I don't think people were too happy with that either. I just, probably didn't take it as serious as what it was. Um, and then, yeah, we obviously won, a, won three finals in a row. This The second one, I got in trouble again. Was probably more confident with that one that I would get off and didn't. And um when that happened, it, yeah, it was qu- quite shattering. But I guess I didn't want to really think too much until after the prelim. And what happened happened. It was one of the most amazing days I've ever been a part of, and um, it was so 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 enjoyable to watch. Well, not enjoyable. I was pretty nervous by the end. But um yeah, so I guess if it had gone another way, I, I would have been pretty broken for a period of time. But um, it didn't, and I got an opportunity to play in the grand final. It didn't, it didn't, obviously didn't go the way we wanted to. But um, it was a pretty hectic couple of weeks. Uh, there was lots going on, and sort of hiding out a little bit over those couple of weeks because uh, there was plenty, plenty of stuff being said and filmed. So I was just trying to keep as lucky as I could, but it, it didn't really work.
0: Yeah, I do. I, I remember that mate. Like it was was yesterday. It was all all, all a really. Tough time for yourself um, And I think that there's one thing that I want to say in that time And I remember um, you did And you just mentioned on the t-shirt thing But I think that if anyone asked me You know, what's Toby Green like? What does he stand for as a person? I remember this like clear as day And, you know, in a time where it was all realistically the, You know, you were going through a fucking shit time And all these things were going against you Everyone was saying all these bad things about yourself um, you, you flew down to Melbourne and before you flew down, I remember we were just sitting there, and I didn't even know what to say because it was a, such a stiff time. I was thinking about you, I was thinking about this, and I remember you just saying the first thing you said was, "Fuck, mate, it's gonna be a fair few cameras on me at this airport. What do you say we just get a Dylan friends t-shirt and I'll just fuck, I'll just rock it." And I just remember that because I I think that that speaks volumes of of yourself, and I I never forgot that. I, I think um as a, as a mate and how much it meant to me that in the toughest time that was going on for you, the first thing that you thought of was how can I help my mates out in this situation so that's a story that I always want people to know and and to to show your character because that's when people ask me who is Toby Green I, I tell that story and there's there's a million more um probably that I can't tell but that's one <laughs> that that's one that I can so I want to always thank you for that and and I think that shows exactly who you are
1: now I was just just disappointed you asked for the t-shirt back to be honest but we'll move on <laughs>
0: <laughs> I definitely did not do that. On, on a more serious note, um, we are doing something really cool, um, where we're teaming up together this year for November, and um, yeah, you called me uh, last week and said, Dill, let's let's do something. Want to get involved?" Um, you know, I've, I've been lucky enough to be involved in November for for three years now, um, and and really want to, you know, obviously really passionate about that as are you, um, and I think you know when when you called me to do this this thing that we're about to do. It was obviously a bit of a shock, not a shock for me, but it was something where I suppose as a, as a bloke that you are, you're not sort of the sort of guy that likes to, you know, not cry, but, um, you know, just worry people. And, and I'm the sort of guy that likes to throw my problems on absolutely everyone. You're quite a sh- uh, closed-off sort of guy. So for you, I knew that was a big thing. Talk us through your relationship, I suppose, with with mental health. And I suppose the, the biggest factor in mid 2019 um you and your family were were heavily affected um by an event um and and yeah if you could you talk us through what happened and and why we're so passionate about this and why we're why we're running this november campaign this year
1: yeah um yeah something that's uh really really affected my family um yeah, in mid yeah, so halfway through last year, uh, my cousin who sort of grew up with, lived around the corner. He's the same age as my younger brother, so he's pretty much like a younger brother to me. Um, took his life. I mean, he was uh, he was about to turn twenty one that next week, um, and oh, it just yeah, it left devastating consequences. Um, no one saw it coming. That was probably the worst part. And wish uh, wish I could have done something. I mean, I wish I could have said come up to Sydney, mate, come hang out for a weekend, let's talk. Um, yeah, there's just, there's just no inclination as to something like that would happen, um, which, which I know rocked a lot of people in my family and still does. Um, and it's probably mental health. I hadn't given too much of a thought about it. You know, sometimes get maybe like anxiety about how you play and things like that, but nothing like, nothing to that degree. And I've I've never really, yeah, never really given it too much time. And, um, I always, I was always aware of it. I know how many people it affects and, um, and know how what devastating consequences it can have if it's not treated right and um after that I sort of it just yeah uh took a, it took such a heavy toll on people around me and uh, my mom and aunt he's still yeah still um obviously hugely affected by it and um so yeah it took took a while to yeah even talk about it and then um sort of been thinking about it for a long time and hear so many sad stories and obviously like what happened with Jacinda Barclay a couple of weeks ago was again really devastating and um I felt like yeah it was probably time to do something and talk about it and contribute in a positive way and um yeah came up with the idea that I'd team up with you and let's have a crack at raising some money for mental health in uh, November
0: yeah we will mate and we're going to be doing a, a massive um a massive play which we'll get into and how people can join us in that in a moment but um if you don't mind, we'll talk a little bit about more of the situation. I suppose personally for yourself, um, take us back to to that time um, and and probably the first inclination of when you heard that you know these, these that it, the event had occurred. You know what, like what went through your mind? What were you thinking straight away? Obviously, you're in Sydney. Your family's in Melbourne. Um, how did it, how did it all play out?
1: Yeah, oh, I still get tingles thinking about it. Um, I think it was a Monday, so we just played Sunday. I think. Um, Mum just called me, and like I could just sense like, oh, I knew straight away because she was crying, and I was had an immediate sense that something wasn't right, something was really wrong. And she told me that um Finley's passed away, he's taken his own life. Um, and I sort of I don't know, yeah, I get sort of send shivers down my spine now, and um, um, uh, yeah, I um sort of yeah just sort of froze and said, what I said you're fucking kidding are you like what are you talking about like that's bullshit that's not true um and we sort of talked about it for a couple of minutes and just got straight in the car drove straight to the airport um got on the first flight i could get on to come back home and um yeah came came to my cousin's house uh, all my cousins and family were there and um pr- yeah pretty surreal experience um I think the first person i hugged was grandma and yeah just broke down for a long time and yeah <clears throat> yeah i guess um the effects it had like on my, on my cousin paris who who was finley's brother um my uncle and auntie john and chris um i know how much it it deeply affected them and still does and um yeah it was uh yeah shocking time and i feel for any family that's ever had to go gone, gone that i of i've seen i've seen it and it's um it's nothing i wish i wish on anyone
0: mate tell me about finley as a person i know he was a special man
1: him and my younger brother are sort of known for getting up to a bit of trouble and like little rascals a bit i guess growing up they were the youngest in the family and um just like happy go lucky such a such a caring one of the most caring people I've ever met um hadn't had a special affection with animals like he just any animal he met he just fell in love with and he was sort of known for that and um at his funeral he had it was incredible it was like a a thousand people there and all these all his friends and um it was just crazy to see how many people cared about him and yeah and i I know if he knew that it could it could have potentially helped but um yeah so yeah it's um it's just yeah it was so shattering to see and I know how much of a positive effect he had on so many people's lives. So, yeah, that's. I just I just start by saying that
0: he sounds like such an, an incredible person, which which I know he was, and the way way you speak about him now, and and like you said, I obviously had so many close friends and family um, affected by this. Um, and I think that, like you said, it's one of those things where you think, "Fuck me!" Like, you know, if I if I knew something was was at risk, or you knew something was, you know, you could help out in any way you would. Um, and, and not that you can look back now and you can't change what's happened in the past but I suppose what what has that taught you now in terms of being a mate and a, and a cousin and a brother um, to your friends like do you, do you check in on people now or
1: yeah I guess I, well you're certainly more aware of everything um, mental health related um, probably check on my brothers more now than what I did previous which um, should, probably shouldn't have taken that to happen but yeah um, uh even like my whatsapp group with mates back in melbourne or you know or, or a lot of my close mates are, are, are melbourneians um and you know when like it's been it's probably had a really um tremendous effect on them like everyone sort of checks in when um perhaps things happen to certain guys that um probably disappointing to happen and uh even throughout COVID, it was it was just great to see like How's everyone going? Is it ever you know? If if someone's struggling a bit, the boys will probably message each other and say, "Let's let's give this guy a call." And um, yeah, it's it's been amazing to see the response. Um, and I know like talking about it, and I know how prominent mental health is becoming. And it's just the more people talk about it and address it, uh, the the more positive effects it'll have.
0: Yeah, for sure, mate. And you know, there's been a lot of good work done over the last you know three or four years in terms of breaking that stigma. But obviously, the really hard thing is that you know we talk about about finley and his friends and family that a lot of the times in these cases it's so scary because we we just don't often know when people are struggling on the surface um and it's it's hard to sort of tell you know if if something is is um happening so i suppose this is a massive point that we just need to make sure that we're you know just checking in on people whether that be those messages or, or something like that 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 can just sort of help Each other out, and I suppose that's why the reason we're we're doing what we're doing because we're just we we can't just keep standing for this now. Like 2018, the stats were six um, males take their life every day, and then in 2019, the stats have just been revealed, and we're talking to Hugo about this in the previous episode. But that's actually gone up to seven people, um, seven males a day, now taking taking their lives of of last year, and unfortunately, that hasn't had the the effect of what COVID nineteen yet has even had on that so it's it's quite scary to think and, and hopefully it isn't but um we know how hard that's been for people's mental health so um but by, by doing these things and someone like yourself with such a a big big reputation and and so well known um standing up and talking something like this it's definitely gonna have a, a massive impact
1: now i appreciate it mate and um yeah
0: ho- hopefully it does what
1: would you say i
0: suppose to someone more you know like yourself in terms of a not putting words in your mouth, but doesn't like to share their emotions as much as others.
1: Yeah, I um I often get told this by Georgia. That need, probably <laughs> need to talk a bit more, um, but um I guess everyone's sort of, and I'm hoping that a lot of people do have someone that they you know really trust or they they sort of can talk to, and it might not even be their best friend, but they find them easy to talk to. Like um I guess for me I can speak to my mum pretty freely about most things. Um ah uh, or i've got a couple of select mates that I, I could call up and say look i'm probably struggling with this a bit um and i'm hoping that's the same for everyone listening um and you know it doesn't have to be your best friend or psychologist or your mum. It, it can be perhaps like a work colleague or someone like that um for me it's probably just letting them know and i guess once you express what you are struggling with they and um talk about it that's off your chest and then you've got uh, strategic ways to go about how you, how you can, uh, how can, how you can better yourself, or he you can adopt new methods, or, or I, I guess just getting it off your chest as well probably helps in a, in a sense. So um, I'm I'm saying that's my way. I'm it's certainly not um, the way to do it, or there's no set routine or anything like that. So um, everyone's got to find a different way, and um, but I guess that's mine.
0: Yeah, and I suppose. Even on that, because again, you, as you said, you are quite a reserved character. Um, even George would say that, um, being one of your mates, I could say that, and it, you know, it'd be sometimes hard. Like like a lot of blokes, we can't. Not that you don't want to do that, but it's just that your personality—it's not to, to do these things. Which I suppose a lot of guys are like that. Um, but knowing you and knowing what you go through in terms of, as we we're talking about earlier, polarizing things, like how, I suppose it'd be it'd be. Obviously, you can say these things don't affect you about, you know, like what media and and fans and stuff would say. But does that do those things have an effect on you? And how extreme does that get at at times?
1: Oh yeah, it doesn't really have an effect. Oh, certainly not what the media says. Um, you know, it is what it is, and um, uh, it's it. Your narrative changes depending on how you play or what you do. So you know, you can't read too much into it. Um, I guess after after certain events, you you you, you hear a lot from fans about. Uh, what sort of person you are and what should happen to you, but um uh there's not too many too much stuff that affects me. i you know there's certainly been a lot of things that have been step the people have stepped over the mark and I try not to read most of the, most of the stuff and um, I don't really because um it's just it's just not good for you. Um, there's some yeah there's some really interesting people out there and they uh, feel the right to say things and um but you know it is it's part of playing AFL footy and when you're in when you cause cause a few issues and you're in the limelight for periods of time, um, it just, it's, I've learned to deal with it, you know, it's just part of it. Um, and I know some people are different and some people probably struggle a little bit more than me. And I'm, I'm probably lucky in that way that I, I don't really read too much into it. I don't, it doesn't, doesn't stay in my head. Um, so, but it's, it's certainly different. I can understand why players struggle and, um, some of the stuff, yeah, it's it's uh it's not ideal.
0: Um, it definitely is, mate. But what you're doing now, and and um, and what we're going to be doing this month, which we'll get into now, um, can't imagine how proud um your family uh would be be of you, and I can't imagine how proud Finley would would be of you for for doing this, mate. So hopefully we can make a really big change in that, um, which I know we will because um we've starting a team, we've got a team, and we want everyone to be a part of it. It's the Toby grain Dill Buckley, Dylan Friends Initiative. That's um, – no, it's not. It's actually your initiative. Um, I'm just helping out. And it's, it's most of Finley. So we've got a team um, starting, and I'm trying to run 150Ks this month. And if you knew me and you knew what my body was made of, which is pure tissue paper, you'd know how hard that's <laughs> going to be. And I'm, yeah. I'm going to do my
1: best to finish that. Um, Todd, what are you doing? Uh, well, I'll obviously do the mow, and then um, I thought, what's the hardest thing I could do like this time of year? What do I enjoy the most? And it's probably I'm pretty straight shooting and serious during the season, but then October, November is kind of my time, and um, you know, I like to go have a beer with the boys. And uh, I'm going away to Byron for for a good stint, and, um, and Beach Hotel is one of my favourite watering holes in Australia behind the <laughs> inlet Pub. And so I said, no, nah, I'm going to do. I'm going to do something that's actually worth, it. and it's you know for such a good cause, and I'm going to sacrifice, no, no alcohol for the month, and um, yeah, do that. And I, I, I some people will go, oh, it's not that hard, but kind of is, kind of knowing is. This time you, of knowing you, <laughs> knowing you,
0: yeah, knowing you at this time of year, I know how hard that is, and for anyone who's been working all year. But as we said, we we want all you guys and girls um to join our team. We want as many people as possible to join and to raise money. Um, I'm gonna have all the links in the bio for for of Finley, our team that we're we'll be going. We're gonna be posting in it, updating it. Um, Tommy Sheridan's gonna to be in there. All of our mates are gonna be in there. A lot of guys gonna be in there. We're all gonna be a big community together, to be raising money for 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 Movember and and suicide prevention and mental health. Um, all in the name of, of Finley, because we we are such a special special person that we want to um, really really help out and break the stigma of. Also, the the very exciting part of this is tubby is a very generous man he's going to be donating a pair of boots he's going to be donating a a, um jumper uh, a footy jumper i'm going to be donating all the dylan friends um stuff that i can tommy sheridan is going to donate some some rick's eyewear we're going to get some other businesses as well and whoever raises the most money in our team is going to be winning these prizes um depending on how many prizes excluding us obviously (laughs) um Depending on how many prizes we have, as well, there's going to be probably going to be first, second, or third. But once you join the team, um, we're raising money for Movember. We're raising money for Finley's, um, in Finley's name, to to really, you know, break the stigma of this and, and get around it, and and that's what it's for. But obviously, we want to put some incentives there as well for people to be going as hard as they can. So you get, as we said, it's going to be named there on the website. But a Toby Green signed boot, signed jumper. All this, all the Dylan friends merch, Tommy Sheridan's going to have some ricks, and any other businesses listening that want to get involved in this, um, you can hit us up and and email me. Um, that'll be in there, and we'll we'll get you involved as well, which will be huge. But we want all of you to join. The links in the bio, raise as much money and an awareness as you can, and I'm very excited. Tubb. Very very excited for this.
1: No, I'm pumped. Yeah, it'd be great. It's a great initiative, and I'm I'm glad I'm doing it with you. And um, I know how many listeners you've got, so we're going worldwide here, and I'm 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 looking forward to what we can do.
0: We're going global. um, Mate, to finish up, talk us through Toby Green in the next phase, I suppose. Obviously, you've still got a long time left. I think you signed about a 15-year contract, so it's a long, long time. But one thing I know, um, you've always been, you've always got an eye on the future. What, What is next for yourself?
1: Oh, I'll be pretty, pretty okay. Looking forward to going back to Melbourne, probably for Christmas. Hopefully, there's some normality by then um good good to see family and friends that I haven't seen in a long time and melbourne uh, everyone will be up and about by christmas i reckon so hopefully hopefully there's um some some things to do um so i'll be doing that and then obviously pre-season we've got a fair fair break so try and keep as busy as possible and then um yeah start building for next year and and go from there so uh yeah just play as it comes but um uh, making sure we put ourselves in the best position for next year
0: yeah, very exciting. And in terms of um, life post football, what does it look like at this stage? Have you put any more thought into it?
1: Oh, I'm not. I'm not a hundred percent sure, mate. Uh, it's it's a continual work in progress. But um, mm. don't don't want to bookmark anything. So um, yeah, I'm just not sure. But I oh, know I've got ideas. I've got ideas. So I'm I'm, uh, I'm gonna work on that over the next couple of years and um, yeah, and and grow from there.
0: Can't thank you enough for coming on. Very very excited about this. Um, What we're doing, um, very brave of of yourself, and as I said earlier, mate, I know how proud your family would be of this um, to get this done because it's obviously obviously a very very special cause um, to yourself, and um, I'm I'm just super proud that that I can get involved with you and we can help out and hopefully help someone along the way.
1: Now I appreciate you doing it, mate, and I'm glad to be here and um, hopefully everyone gets around it. I'm really looking forward to it.
0: We will will do check in. uh, The links will be in the bio, guys. Um, join our team uh, Most of Finlay And let's raise some awareness Raise some much needed coin And you can be the winner of some awesome prizes And also make a difference So Let's get going um, Enjoy Last question was on for the rest of the day I've heard you got a nice lunch Probably. Technically To be honest mate You should be really sending it today Because this is the last <laughs> drink that you're going to have for. This is the last opportunity We're, we're recording this prior to uh, November Obviously
1: Um. Oh, look, yeah, I'll, I'll probably get South Darling. i got the e-bikes. So I'll just go for a little stroll um, down to South Darling, And then, um, yeah, Mooney Valley tonight, uh, Derby Day tomorrow. <laughs> World's my oyster the next couple of days. So we'll see how we go.
0: Dava, have, have a good one, my friend. I'll catch you soon. Thanks, mate. Thanks for listening to the Dylan Friends Podcast. If you liked it, it'd be a massive help if you could subscribe, rate, and leave a review. I'll even give you a kiss. The show is produced by Dylan Buckley and Sam Bonza. Damon Jackman from Creative Edge Films is responsible for audio and visual editing. Samuel Kenny Creative looks after graphics and animation and the podcast is recorded at the Dylan Friends studio, which sounds fancy, but really a friend had a spare room at his office and I took it over. If you'd like to get in contact to suggest a guest or advertise with the Dylan Friends podcast, you can email us at inquiries at dylanfriends.com, which will also be in the show notes. Thanks so much for tuning
1: in.